Hello, this is Pam Electric Ghost, and we have Antivist on the line. Hey. How you doing? I'm doing good. So I'll just give a little um, preview at the beginning. I always talk about what this is about. I'm Pam Electric Ghost. I'm a musician myself and producer, and I interview indie artists from around the world. And tonight we have Antivist, and you're from Washington, D.C.? I am. Okay, and I've been looking at your SoundCloud, uh, the, the songs that are out there, and... Um, yeah, I like your style. I like your I like your sound. So we're, we're going to talk about a couple of things. We have a standard interview that we usually go through a bunch of questions, and then um, what we do is we actually will put links to your songs. And I see your SoundCloud. So if you have other links you want promoted, we can add those. Sounds good. Okay, so uh, what we usually ask our artists when we talk to artists is like, what? When did you first get into, into music? At what age did you get into music? Oh wow. Um I think I think music has always been a part of my life. I'd probably say around the ages 5 to 6 my dad started uh showing me his Rolling Stones records and that's what kind of brought out the fire in me and I knew what I loved to do was music and from there I just I loved to sing, I loved to dance, I loved to act. I just I always fell into the arts, I guess. And uh I don't know. That's just, that's kind of where it started. So you've been, the next question is like, how long you've been working on music? And it sounds like since you were like five or six years old, you were into it. But then the follow-up would be, when did you decide that you wanted to write your own music? Because a lot of musicians are musicians, potentially, you know, that play other people's music. And then you have singer-songwriters and people that actually write their own music. When did you decide that you had something to say that you wanted to have your unique voice in your own music? I think I started to write when I got to middle school because um, that's when I started to kind of, I guess I used my writing as a kind of coping mechanism for feeling kind of different. And that's where um, I think like if you've heard my songs, you hear that some are kind of dark, some are kind of twisted. Um, So I kind of started writing when I was around 13, 14 years old. And um, in the beginning, I guess, uh, lyrically, everyone struggles. And uh, I don't know, like, being younger, I guess, uh, I'd say, like, I've lyrically improved a lot. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it all started probably around the age of 13 or 14. First, uh, got my first guitars and uh, started working from there. So, like, who are your influences and, like, your reference points? If we listen to music, I can kind of hear somebody. I'd like to hear from you. Who are your, um, like, you, the, the people that you look up to or, um, you know, you, you were influenced by? Well, I'd say for what's released on SoundCloud, I'm a lot influenced by the likes of Lil Peep. Um, and I think a lot of people hear that. Um mostly instrumentally but also lyrically because um as I tell a lot of people he kind of he just he became my whole uh world Mm -hmm. in the way that his concert was one of the best concerts I have ever been to and just seeing Peep on that stage hearing his sound how it was so different to anyone else's and that no one could compare I just I don't know. And um, I'm sure you've heard of his death. It's been in the yeah. media a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that kind of 
opened my eyes as to how he had this whole, he was so creative. He was so different to everyone else. And he had so much more to share that he never got to. Yeah. And he was just a great influence on me. And you hear that in a lot of my sound. I think um, I'm also influenced uh, by Suicide Boys and Billie Eilish. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's kind of odd hearing my sound right now because as I said earlier, I grew up on the Rolling Stones. So I, I had always, my dream was always to become a rock star. So the sound right now might not be the sound I have in 10 years because I I grew up on Pink Floyd, uh, Sex Pistols, Nirvana. Yeah. I hear that. I hear like the, I hear the rock and roll and the kind of college rock, indie rock. Yeah. I got a lot of (laughs) grunge inspiration. (laughs) Yeah, and I can hear that you're influenced by Little Peep, but what I hear is more like alternative college radio kind of indie rock, which is cool that you're that you can be influenced by many things. You know, as an artist, you know, there are people influenced by jazz, by classical music. You know, a lot of heavy metal guitarists actually know classical music um, to be able to play the solos that they play. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of different various influences in music, and it's always interesting to hear artists talk about who they're inspired by. Cause sometimes you don't actually pick it up initially when they're talking, but then you start thinking about it and you can hear it. Yeah. So like what instruments do you play? I know you said you play guitar. Do you play any other instruments? I had tried for so many years on the violin, never worked out for me. Mm-hmm. Um, when I started playing guitar, it was such a frustrating process and it continues to be, I know I'm not the best, but I um, continue to try to be the best that I can be. Well, I think it's a, with a singer-songwriter, technically you don't have to be the best guitar player in the world. To, you know, a lot of times, like if you listen, you know, early Dylan, you know, he was trying to be like Arlo Guthrie, he was trying to be like Woody Guthrie. He wasn't as technically adept as they were, but as a singer-songwriter, he had something different to say, and his voice was totally different than anybody else's. So sometimes you don't technically have to be the best musician to actually be very innovative and have something to really bring to the table. Um, it's a lot of it is the heart and the soul that you put in your music. And then it kind of that, that shows like in the music itself. Yeah, definitely. And uh, like, I, I like the fact that you're kind of a confessional singer songwriter that you're talking about things that, you know, initially in music, you didn't hear stuff like that until you got like bands like uh, Alex Chilton, Big Star, and Lou Reed started bringing out the kind of things that we hear in, in a lot of alternative music today. It came from guys like Lou Reed and Alex Chilton because they were willing to, to kind of go into like personal things that became a lot of bands that listened to the Velvet Underground or listened to Lou Reed actually, you know, became, you know, modern rock. <laughs> came from a lot of that stuff in terms of like songwriters they were willing to be more confessional so yeah. I think like, that's a good place to start because it shows that you got heart and that you, you believe in your you know what you're doing yeah definitely um it's kind of again it's kind of weird hearing my sound right now it's not like it just, it just feels sometimes like what I'm putting out there I know I can do so much better mm-hmm. and it's a start I mean SoundCloud's a start but my initial idea would be to find the right people to work with, find my band so that I can start producing this kind of grunge sound. I don't know if you've heard of a band called The Pretty Reckless. 
Yeah. Um, I'm very much uh, influenced by Taylor Momsen. I love um, the kind of idea she took and she made it her own. And while they see her as this uh, little innocent uh, actress and she blew up and became this whole rock and roll legend. And I just, I'm so inspired by her. Yeah, so when you, you're talking about like evolving your sound and having a full backing band. So in terms of your sound, so you said like little peeps, so you, you're willing to mix like genres into multiple types of things, like bringing like, you know, like electronica or EDM or trance or glitch pop, all kinds of different things. Are, are you willing to do like an amalgamation of multiple styles or a certain uh, I... vision that you have? I definitely don't see myself tied down to one genre. I like to explore different things. I don't even know what I would describe my music taste as because mm-hmm. I can go from listening to the Little Peep to listening to Alice in Chains. Yeah. Uh, I'm also like, I love punk music. I love Minor Threat. I love Fugazi. I, I, I guess all the music that I like is the rebellion. I, mm-hmm. well, I know a lot of people, uh, they don't see the expression in pop music. Uh, they don't see the expression in things like country. But I I don't know. I like to explore with several genres. So I definitely don't see myself with uh, just the sound I have now. I definitely would branch out to a lot more. Yeah, because I'm, I'm a, like, a child of the 70s. But, you know, I kind of show my age. I'm in my 50 years old. But I grew up with bands like The Clash. And then, you know, in the, in the early 80s, I got into bands like Who's Could Do and The Replacements, kind of like that second wave of punk, um, kind of pre-grunge bands like Who's Could Do. I don't know if you ever heard of them, but they were like a big, big, like indie rock band from Minnesota. And they had this style with Bob Mould and Grant Hart that they created this kind of power punk pop that was very melodic, but very grungy and very punk. And um, I try to bring that into electronic music and people, I'm a keyboardist. So people are like, well, why would you like a band like Hoots to do? Well, because I like the kind of punk aesthetic they have and the kind of power that they had in their songs. And, you know, you get guys like Trent Reznor and you get different synth bands that actually try to bring that kind of grungy power punk into electronic music. And that's kind of where I, I kind of live in that place between progressive rock and punk and electronic so i'm, I'm a i like to merge so i like to hear people talking about different different genre bending ideas so it sounds like you, you've got a lot of cool ideas going forward so if you link up with the right artists that have the same mindset i think you could do some really cool things yeah i think it's good that people are uh still in the likes of punk and grunge because i feel like i don't think rock and roll is dead <laughs> i know gene simmons no. uh <laughs> Gene Simmons has said something like that, um, but I don't. I don't think it's dead, and I'm trying to very much bring it alive. You know, we see bands like the Pretty Reckless. Um, we see these rising bands that are trying to bring rock and roll back because, well, it's it's not dead. It's not going to die. But I think uh, the eyes have shifted. Um, if you know what I mean, it's just like it's not yeah. what it used to be. Yeah, well, it's like there's a phase. I mean, I grew up you know, with Led Zeppelin and The Who being the big rock band, right? And then there was, like, The Clash and The Sex Pistols. You had this kind of rebellion. Um, and then that went away, and you have the new wave. And I'm a keyboardist, so I was very influenced by the new wave. 
But then, you know, the grunge came back and brought punk back. So there's all these deep waves. And right now we're in a wave where, like, synth wave is kind of like bringing back new wave. So you have a lot of keyboardists, you know, bands like Churches and stuff are sound kind of like the 80s. They have this kind of synth wave, new romantic sound. So I've seen sounds come back and spin around, you know, in, in terms of music always has these cycles where, where people think something's gone and then it comes back. And I see like in places like SoundCloud and YouTube and all the social media, there's a lot of rock bands. They're not big, but there are a lot of indie rock bands that are doing really good work. And they just haven't, you know, broken through. Eventually some of them are going to break through, but, you know, rock's not dead. It's just rock is more vital, I think, on the scene, on the social media scene than what you hear on the top 40 radio. You keep on hearing the same tracks all the time, which makes rock seem kind of dead. But if you look in the right place, there's a lot of cool rock actually happening. Yeah, I know um, in D.C., I know punk was a big uh, kind of movement back in the, I believe, 70s to 80s. And yeah. I've, I've gone to uh, bars like the Black Cat and I see there are a lot of uh, modern bands, but the sound is very different. It's not it's not like the old uh, big kind of fuck you to the music industry kind of punk. Yeah. It's kind of more uh balanced i guess but it's it's not what it used to be but i see that they're trying to bring that back and i really admire that yeah i see a lot of bands are trying to actually you know be marketable so they don't want to be totally like like protest rock like mc5 or like the velvet underground trying to be like uncommercial so i see there's a mixture i see a lot of bands mixing edm with rock or mixing like dj techniques with rock or hip-hop with rock and punk so I think there's a lot of variation. And even hip-hop itself seems to be like the biggest thing. But it, that mixes a lot of genres within hip-hop. You have, you know, electronic hip-hop, trance hip-hop, glitch rock, you know, the mumble rap. You have so many different genres within rap. And they all, you have rap bands that actually have full bands behind them. You know, they actually aren't just going out with a CDJ. They actually have, like, real musicians behind them. So I, I think there's a lot of cool things that can happen now because of this cross genre stuff and i think anybody that just thinks about like what they like in music and just don't be tied to any genre do what you like and if you hear something you know don't think well it's got to be this you got to be that just kind of do what your artist you know muse tells you to do <laughs> yeah so uh, have you played any uh, live shows i have you... not actually <laughs> Um, the thing that I tell people all the time is that I, you know, I'm a teenager. <laughs> I'm still a teenager. I have a lot yeah. of time. Oh, yeah. Um, but I have the issue with putting myself out there. And I think that's what a lot of musicians struggle with is the fear of rejection. Mm -hmm. The fear that people aren't going to like your sound, that people are going to judge your sound. I have a lot of people in my hometown, um, uh, here, it's, it's kind of weird in my area because people, um, people follow into jazz music. So they hear my sound, and I've, I've gotten um, kind of mixed reviews about it because um, it's, it's just people have different likings. So I guess yeah. uh, with the people around me, like I was saying before, how I wanted to find the right people to work with, I haven't yet because uh, I have to find people who share the same ideas, the same sounds. Yeah, I think what's good, though, if you, if you look into it, is um, 
if you don't want to do physical performances, the um, internet has the ability. To, I do Facebook live performances from my home studio. And I use a, like a rolling go mixer with my smartphone and I put it on a tripod and I actually record from my home studio. And I've been able to get like three, 4,000 people to listen. And, and what, what's good with doing that, if you do like Facebook live performances of you even doing solo guitar work, you can expand your audience. You can find other musicians that like what you're doing and they're not just in your hometown because it goes through the whole net. And so if you did one of your songs, like, like any of the songs that are on your SoundCloud, like like November Rain or Lie to Me, if you did a performance of playing that acoustic and just transmit it from your Facebook Live. And, you know, you can decide when you've got a version you like. You know, you don't have to publish it, but you you could uh you can actually get a good following. You can get find other musicians that will find you on places like Instagram and stuff and you can end up linking up. I actually have done collaborations by putting my material out there on these social media and other musicians I've talked to. I actually did a collab with guys in New York City, some artists in Los Angeles. I'm working with some artists in Bermuda. So you'd be surprised you can actually find people on the net um, if you decide to, you know, start going that way. Yeah, um, I've I've met people on the internet um, who have loved my sound and they, we kind of have a mutual interest, I guess, but they just, they live so far. So that's the hard part um i've got a friend in alexandria he has a soundcloud name by the uh, name of deep carnage and um he i i really admire his work because he took a genre of trap metal i don't know if you've heard of it yeah um he kind of mixes that sort of thing and i find that creativity the whole difference i find that very like i don't know inspirational i guess because i like that a lot of people are kind of incorporating their own ideas into these things. And those are the type of people that I'd like to work with. People people who have this sort of creative mind, people that understand me. So I guess I will look into that uh, live performance thing. But um, Yeah, yeah. So it just, it's just like, um, just not to push anything, but I, I work with Roland a lot. And Roland has this device called a Go Mixer. It's like a $100 device, but it hooks up to your smartphone and allows you to hook quarter-inch cables from your like guitar directly into the phone um, and actually, or hook up amplifiers right to your phone. And then you get a really clean audio signal that goes out to Facebook or YouTube. And then you can save the video. You can go and edit the video later or all kinds of programs and stuff. But what's cool is um, there's a lot of things out there, you know, when you're using the digital audio workstations, like FL Studio or Pro Tools, all the different ones. Ableton Live, you could work with an artist and you physically never have to meet. You could just, you know, somebody could send you some tracks and you can overdub and you guys, you can collaborate and put together a whole record with ever, never physically meeting that person. Um, and so there's a lot of ways to actually find artists like all over the world that you could work with and you never actually physically meet, but you can you know, talk to them through the networks and stuff and then work on records. I did a whole record just talking to an artist in Los Angeles on Skype and sending files between Google Drive and then putting them into our DAW and overdubs and we were just sending overdubs back and forth for like three months. And then we finally put out a record. 
Um, but you know, there's a lot of ways to do that. So you don't have to, back in the day when I first started, you had to be in a basement, you had to be in a garage, you had to physically meet to have a band. Um, you don't necessarily have to do that anymore. I've also seen a lot of people, um, create bands on the internet through YouTube as well. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of things you can do that way. That's probably what I'll look into, but, um. All a matter of time. I'm also in like the position where, uh, you know, I'm still a teenager, so uh, haven't been able to really make my own decisions, I guess. But I think when I'm on my own, um, oh, yeah. I'll yeah, have a lot more it. opportunities. I yeah, just hope I mean, they're not all passing me by. Yeah, well, it's a lot of it. It's like, you know, you just, there are, are um, you know, pools just on your phone. They, you can use the record. A lot of people use GarageBand, which is a is a cheap way to record. Um, you know, you you can use all the different apps like YouTube and Instagram. For your video, you can get it. Don't dollars because like are not big, you know, workstations and, and uh, DAWs that cost tons of money. People do, uh, you know, full recordings with the garage and, and put them out, you know. Like, even a big band like the Gorillas used the garage band to do a record one time. So, there, there's all kinds of options that necessarily don't necessarily have to take like super amounts of money. But if it's like recording space or not being allowed to play, then that, that you can't control. I can understand when you're a kid, you know, I, I got bands squeezed in my basement when I was like 17 from being too loud. So <laughs> I, I, I kind of know about stuff like that, but yeah. Yeah. You just keep on, you know, with your dreams and stuff. There's a lot of things you can do. Um, you know, as a guitar player, you play harder. As a keyboard player, I can put headphones on and nobody has to hear me. Um, but guitar players play harder. You know, drummers, it's harder to do that. But there are things you can do. Yeah. So, um, you said you uh, wouldn't mind collaborating with all different types of musicians. So have you thought about doing collaborations with like a DJ or like hip hop or EDM? Yeah, or... I've actually, um, I've gotten some opportunities with that in the area. Um, probably as soon as I get the money, I'm going to, uh, well, actually it all depends on my SoundCloud sound because um, as I was saying, like I haven't, I don't think I've found the right sound that I can use my voice for. Well, okay. like if, if I'm putting all this money in to do a music video, it's not like I don't like the product that I have now. It's just mm -hmm. that I know I can do better. Okay. And as soon as I find the right people to work with, the right everything, I think everything will fall into place. So have you thought about using some of the different technology like keyboards or sequencers or drum machines that come up with a different sound outside the guitar? Not yet, but uh, I don't know. I think it's all about timing and finding yeah. people to work with and then so, eventually. Mm -hmm. So you, are, you the, are you somebody that would experiment with like something like a keyboard or a sequencer or digital like electronic music or you go and find somebody that is like a, more of a pro, uh, professional that's their, their instrument? Or would you be willing to like experiment with something like that on your own? I think I'd be willing to experiment, but 
<laughs> I'd also know I'd be very frustrated with myself because mm-hmm. I know the whole learning guitar process was so frustrating for me because uh, I was trying to learn through YouTube tutorials and I was so lost. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's different. Like electronic musicians, um, the cool thing, I don't ever work with sequencers, but you don't necessarily have to know how to play piano to build songs on sequencers. Um, sequencers are like your machines like OP1 or OPZ from Teenage Engineering. They make these machines that you can actually build tracks, you know, from like the bass line, the drums, the kicks, samples, all these different things. And you can control where things occur on, on like a, a device that just like selects where the sounds are going to be. So if you're a songwriter, you've got ideas, you don't necessarily have to be a keyboard player to do it. You have to kind of just find the beats you want and play with it. And so there are all kinds of machines that can allow you to build songs that aren't necessarily keyboard related. They're more like drum machine sequence related. So if you get into that style, a lot of it is just that get familiar with how it works and you could actually build a lot of cool things. Yeah. I don't know. It's something to look into. Yeah. It's just it's something that like I'm, I'm a keyboardist, but I don't necessarily just play keyboards. I have a lot of sequencers and drum machines and alternative type of electronic instruments to create beats. Kind of like what you do in a DAW, but I like to use physical um, things yeah. and drum machines, which I find like Moogs and like Rollins and different things that give you ways that that Euro rats on over your CM. But there's, there's all kinds of devices on electronic music that don't even have keyboards. And they just allow you to create all kinds of sounds from scratch. And you can develop really unique sounds that are very complex and do a lot of cool things. That I, if you play with that and samplers and all kinds of things, you can come up with a lot of unique ideas. It sounds like you're the type of artist that would, you know, if you get the chance to, to get into a studio and had that kind of stuff or work with people who have those equipment, I think you would really find a lot of things with the voice you're trying to find or the sound you're trying to find. Most definitely, yeah. I think things like that. I think if you look into this on YouTube, look at a device called OPZ, OP-Z from Teenage Engineering. It's a little micro synth that you can actually hold in your pocket and you can build whole songs with it. Um and it allows you to build like drums, bass lines, samples, all kinds of stuff. Um, you might want to just look at that and see if that's the type of thing you would want to get into. Yeah, I'll look into it. So, um, what is your what's your opinion on the future of the music industry and um, you know streaming services? What do you think about like where music's going? I don't really know. I feel like that's always changing. I think, again, like you said, there was like, there's different eras. So I think it all depends on what the generation chooses. But um, I'd, I'd hope that rock and roll is restored to what it used to be. I don't, I don't know what the likes are that, of that is like. Yeah. It depends because I know every, everything's shifting to hip hop. And I mean, like, yeah. I like hip hop. I like, I like that there's. There's art, there's creativity, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of skill for that, that people, um, kind of overlook, but, um, I've always seen the beauty and the art in rock and roll, and I really wish that other people could see that. Well, I think, yeah, the keyboardist, one thing I always run into is people think, like, I'm an electronic musician, they think they confuse me with a DJ, so they think I can just show up with a computer 
and I actually show up with road cases and I have to set up like a real band because I have keyboards. I have like Roland's and Moog's and like real synthesizers. Um, and there seems to be kind of this thing today because of hip hop and DJs, people that actually don't play instruments. They're musicians, but they don't play instruments. And there's a difference between, you know, I grew up with bands that actually, you know, four piece bands, bass, guitar, you know, drummer, maybe a keyboardist, uh, you know, you know, singers, you know, like traditional bands. They were kind of modeled after the Beatles in the Stones. And I still have a love for bands that do that, whether they play punk or modern rock or whatever. I, I tend to want to see a real band. You know, I used to go see The Who or The Allman Brothers or Led Zeppelin. You know, I go go to concerts. And when I see a concert and there's somebody behind a CDJ, I'm like, mm, that's not a musician. It's kind of like it's a producer or something. But I don't, I, I don't want to show my age, but I still think there's a place for people who play instruments. Yeah. And I think that there's always, I've always tried to encourage artists that, you know, maybe aren't in, in, into their instruments to kind of like make sure you try to make room for playing live or playing an instrument learning how to play an instrument with your musician that's part of being a musician yeah um yeah because there's a lost art i mean if you don't know about chords you don't know about structure you don't know about music theory you just do it all on your sampler i mean that's fine you can create a hit but there's something missing in terms of like singer songwriter craft you know, there's a reason why Lennon and McCartney and Jagger and, and Richards, you know, those guys had talent in terms of song craft. And song craft is something you kind of have to be a musician to build those type of songs. Yeah, definitely. I wish, um, I really wish um, people, well, I know that with the death of Lil Peep, that brought a lot of attention to him. Um, and he initially blew up with that, but I wish people could have seen his ideas before then, because um, I feel that what a lot of people do is they don't appreciate musicians until they die. And that's like, I've seen that a lot with um, X and the media recently also as well, or like uh, Chris Cornell after his death, a lot of more people started looking at SoundCloud. I mean, uh, Soundgarden. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and it, it, it's really, it kind of pisses me off. <laughs> it's just like, um, as I was saying, I, I went to Lil Peep's concert actually a week before he died. Um, and it was interesting because it was kind of the first um, um, kind of, not EDM sound. I don't know what you would call that. I think people call it like emo, pop, alternative. I don't even know what they yeah, would categorize even, that yeah. as. The different categories, kind but of it was history. it was it was different, and I think uh, going into that concert, I didn't think it would have the same effect as seeing, say, Green Day live, where you yeah. see like the drums, the instrumentals. But like, he really knew how to put on that show, and I tell people my biggest regret was me leaving the concert early, um, and it was just it was just an issue of a ride I was with some friends and they were exhausted and we were just like oh he'll drop come over when you're sober too which was like the second half of the album yeah oh we'll be first in line for that one we'll come back early next week he's dead yeah that's a bad sign yeah I mean that I grew up with like Hendrix and Jazz Joplin and you know Jim Morrison all dying at like age 28 
and it seems like this generation has hit the same kind of thing with like X and Lil Peep and you know and um, I think um, yeah there's several young artists that have passed away kind of in the same way that happened to Janis Joplin and Hendrix and Morrison so it's kind of like the lesson that time hasn't like taught musicians that lessons they tend to get in the same problems but I think it's a lot of times artists have issues Hendrix had issues Jim Morrison had issues Janis Joplin had issues a lot of great artists the reason they're great artists is they can call in their pain and use it in their art so some people don't realize like they're kind of wounded souls tend to create great great art but then they kind of live on the edge so it's always a good lesson as an artist to kind of realize that you might be on that edge and kind of try to be self-aware that where your art comes from can be kind of dangerous if you don't watch it. I think that's with um, what I kind of struggle with as well, because through my music, um, I focus on, it's kind of my expression, uh, getting away from my anxiety, my issues with depression, uh, whether it was um, family trauma, childhood trauma, I kind of put all of that into my work and I that's kind of my outlet on things and I hope uh that doesn't really come to bite me later on well I think a lot of artists use it it's just a matter of how far you go and artists can tend to be extreme Hendrix was extreme Morrison was extreme Jack Joplin was extreme you can see the ex you know it wasn't his fault he was like murdered but little peep you know he's like there's the problems with like addiction with artists that are historic going back to the great poets you know if you go back to the romantic poets and Tennyson and Wordsworth and a lot of the great poets they had problems with addiction too so it just tends to be artistic people tend to kind of be extreme and you just have to be self-aware of, of the extreme nature of being an artist and, and kind of learn how to balance you know kind of look take a breather from time to time and realize uh, the balance of what you have to do. And not everybody can do it. You know, sometimes it doesn't, you can't get off of the train. But it's just good to be aware that where your art, it's not a bad thing your art can come from that pain. A lot of great art was created from pain. Now, you know, there's, there's great art that's like ha- happy music and dance music and things that are like happy, but a lot of great music has kind of been created from artists that are pulling from personal experience. And a lot of times it's pain. So, I mean, it, it tends to create a lot of art. It's just a matter of learning how to deal with it. Yeah, I remember um, Peep used to say that the fame brought money, but that the money brought pain. Yeah, so. it can kind of be on a cycle. Because if you get on that cycle, I mean, like Kurt Cobain, you get in the cycle where you create, like, the grunge movement was kind of like, you know, very emo, kind of very self-aware, you know, somewhat self-destructive and it kind of, you know, the machine within the record industry tends to push artists in that direction. If, if that's what sells, they're going to say, well, keep on doing that. Even if it's like hurting you, they're going to want you to keep doing it. So it's a matter of kind of learning how to cut it off or learn how to take a break. Um, you know, there was a famous story that like Neil Young told Kurt Cobain to tell the record company like he's not going to tour to take a break and he, he didn't do it uh if he had told his record company like you know i need to take a break 
um, he might still be around. It's a matter, a lot of times you have to kind of, you know, when you become successful, it can be a kind of two-edged sword. Yeah. So, so it's always a balance. You've got to have the right kind of people around you that aren't just going to kind of mooch off of you or kind of force you to go in a bad way uh, just because that's what's working. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot of stories. That as musicians, it's good to like, like learn the stories of the people who, who kind of fell off and figure out what happened and then kind of learn from it, you know? Yeah. But it is the nature of the business that we're in. So <laughs> it's always just it's like you're, you're a young person getting into it. So be aware that your pain's going to drive a lot of your great art. It's just a matter of um, balancing that off with other things that can make you happy. I think I, I know going into the industry I feel like everyone faces the pain but I don't know I feel like I just want to reach out to people I want people to hear my music as I use it as an outlet I want people my people listening to it to hear it as an outlet as well yes you want to help other people that are feeling the same way with your music like if I'm in pain from my craft I want at least other people to enjoy it or people who say who share the same experiences to at least have something come out of it. Yeah, I think a lot of artists that you can empathize with a feeling and then you realize that you're not the only one who has that feeling. And then people find you, like your fans find you because you actually say something. You speak to them by talking about your own personal experience. People find that they have the same experience. And that's how you kind of build that, that rapport with your fans. Yeah. And I think that's what a great singer songwriter is able to do is kind of dive into that and find it, find that kind of key that kicks everybody off. And they all kind of in the same, got the same kind of idea. Um, Yeah. So I think like as an artist, you just keep on developing and you keep on trying to find your voice and find your sound. And And the thing is, like, if you're an artist, you usually never stop trying to find that sound even if you become successful, can you never want to go back and do the same thing? You know, a lot of artists will kind of burn something that worked. They keep on trying to find something new. Um, and that tends to be what artists do, but you know, you, you have to make a living, but you know, the, the record companies always want you to repeat yourself a thousand times. Yeah. <laughs> if, you're, if, you're, if you're successful. And so that balance is like, okay, I want to still be artistically vital and do something new. Um, you get band like the Beatles, you know, they actually came from being a pop kind of, you know, teen band to being like considered like, you know, artistic masters that decided to go in a direction that really wasn't that commercial, but it became commercial because they were willing to do it. And so I think that's a really good lesson that you can, you can kind of a second career. Mm-hmm. And they were like the original boy band. Uh, and then they became like real musician um so that shows that you can kind of go from one phase to another and kind of keep on reinventing yourself so um are you working on a brand new like record with this idea for this new sound or are you still kind of trying to develop your sound i'm still well i was i'm still kind of trying to find my sound so I have an instrumental 
uh, and it's kind of Nirvana inspired. So I'm kind of working towards that grungy sound. But I feel that I won't be satisfied with my product again until I find those people to work with that are going to help me um, achieve that. Um, I have a couple more uh, electronically uh, kind of Lil Peep Suicide Boys expired, uh, inspired collabs coming out. Um, I'm not sure when that'll be released because they're still in like, the mastering process. I also, um, starting out on SoundCloud, I didn't really have, like, I still don't have my like professional setup, I guess. Um, I was kind of dumb... <laughs> dumb high school kid kind of mixing things on a computer um but I'm definitely working towards um I guess a bigger product that I'm gonna actually like and then mm. I think from there um I said like a, a couple of DJs in the area have told me oh like I like your sound um here's the price uh if you want to ever have a photo shoot, shoot a music video, I'm down. Here's the number. So I have these resources. I just. Yeah. You got to find a way to get to it. Yeah. 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 You know, like, uh, I'm like a starving artist. I like Uber on the side. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I buy my keyboards. So like every, every artist that like either like you do moving or you, you deliver pizzas or you do something, you always have a, like a day job until you, you get it kick it over but you know this this job here where i talk to people on the on the internet is my, my other way of um breaking through as an artist so i actually am like uh supported by some corporate sponsors so i found a way to to get some income that way um yeah there's all these different things you can do but you're always trying to move toward what you want so i can yeah so you're gonna work on like getting some mastering tools linking up with some other collaborators so you're, you're you're on the road that a lot of artists go on so ho- i hope to like hear some of your new material and i will put if you want i can put the links to the sound songs you have on your soundcloud onto this episode unless you want me to wait and taste your new material that'd be great yeah yeah i can put these like the i can put your overall profile link and then the three songs i see out here um uh, which are november rain lie to me and uh sad bitch hours <laughs> so that was that one you had uh, like um a, a additional producer on here a born hero yeah he um yeah. he makes these amazing beats online the dude is truly incredible at what he does and then um, on the november rain you had uh it's right? yeah it's just um i don't know again i look for that peep sound so when I see people on the internet that create these beats, I'm like mind blown. Like it's, it kind of blows my mind how they're able to capture like his style. Mm. And um, it just, I don't know. Cool. I wish, I wish he was still around. <laughs> I really do. Um, sure. I would have loved to see what the future had for him because I know he was also inspired by the likes of good Charlotte and that kind of pop punk sound. Yeah. It makes me wonder if he ever would have, gone in a green day type of direction yeah he could have you know he seemed like the kind of guy that could have gone that way yeah yeah because like that's kind of my like i like i saw my everybody who's to do green day i mean I, I actually saw green day at that woodstock where everybody was throwing the mud i was actually in the crowd 
Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and I saw one of my favorite bands, Nine Inch Nails, Trent Reznor. And, you know, as a keyboardist, what I liked about Nine Inch Nails is they brought a punk aesthetic to, to keyboards. There are a lot of times you hear keyboards and people say, well, like Journey, or they hear like sticks or something. It sounds, it doesn't sound ominous, it doesn't sound punk, but Nine Inch Nails is able to get keyboards and guitars to kind of be very edgy, very industrial. And uh, that's always been like a big, big draw for me is, is as, a, as a synthesizer player to, to try to find that, that type of aggressive attack on a keyboard. So it's not just like a background instrument that becomes like a guitar. It becomes like a lead instrument that becomes kind of powerful. Um, so it's cool to hear bands like that. And that's why I have a punk aesthetic. Where I like Green Day. I like Who's Could Do. I like The Replacements, uh, The Clash, any of the, the heavy, um, you know, even Joy Division back in the day. They're kind of a weird, kind of modern industrial sound. Yeah, I think seeing Green Day live kind of blew my mind because they still got it. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> they, they have that power. I had <laughs> the worst possible seats to see them when they came to D.C., but they made the experience definitely worthwhile. Um, there was a lot of political drama <laughs> kind of stirred up in that. Um, because being in D.C., Billy has a very powerful voice to uh, our president. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and well, I, you know, I know Billy's it. has been pretty radical. I mean, <laughs> even at Woodstock, I mean, they were, they were just like, you know, in this mode where they, they had that punk aesthetic. You know, they were. If people were throwing mud at them, they threw the mud back, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and they they can barely have some choice words for people who like saying stuff. So he doesn't really care. You know, he's gonna go off and say what he wants to say. Yeah. But I always appreciate that, you know. I like artists that are kind of real. He's definitely a real Yeah. You know, putting out any errors. Um Okay, well I, I really enjoyed our call and if um I will send you the links. As this starts to get published, it will start to get published tonight, within an hour or two. It will go out on Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Google Play. We've got like 10 other providers, like Stitcher, Radio Public. So these links will go out and they'll be out there. And we will put the hyperlinks to your SoundCloud. And um, yeah, we can constantly um, update if you have other updates. If we can come back and do another show, if you've got like a, a new project to talk about so you can stay in touch with me if you've got right, a new yeah. project and we like to promote uh, people and we've got about 6,800 people listening to us now um, so we're on the road to hit over 10k and uh, yeah we're hoping to hit 20k by the end of the year so alright well thanks for having me well thank you we, we enjoyed it and we'll we'll get the links out to you and uh just keep on doing the kind of work you're doing. You're going to find your voice. You're going to find your sound. I'm sure you're going to find the people that you need to work with. I hope so. Okay. Thank All you. Right. Have a good This is Fam Electric Ghost. And our supporter, CIN Powell, is having a promotional contest where you can win $500. You just have to call them at 786-562-7601. If you call them at 786-562-7601. You can also email CINPOWS at cinpowsinfo at gmail.com.
cinpalsinfo at gmail.com. And their website is www.cinpals.com. Again, CIN Pals, a new type of social network, is having a promotional contest, and you can win $500. Check out CIN Pals at www.cinpals.com or call them at 786-562-7601. That's 786-562-7601. Email again is cinpalsinfo at gmail.com. CIMPowsInfo at gmail.com. Thank you.